Hey everybody, welcome back to another Facebook Live here at the Tennessee Holler. I'm Holler co-founder Justin Fadu. We're tnholler.com, at the tnholler on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you to everybody who has been following the Holler, contributing. We are an independent journalism site, so everybody who's chipping in monthly, that stuff really helps, and that's a great way to support. You can also go to tnholler.com and subscribe to our once or twice a week emails where we try to keep you in the loop on all the nonsense that's happening here in Tennessee. Let me bring in our guest for today, Trey Crowder, who most of you probably know, a Tennessee native, escaped, but keeps an eye on the things that are going on here in Tennessee. Trey, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh- you're not losing your mind too much with recent events back home. Well, there's certainly no shortage of, of ugliness that goes on back here, man. And, and I got to say, you know, I know it's easy to, once you leave, to stop paying attention to the things that are happening here, but you have not done that. And so I appreciate that and especially appreciated your uh, takedown of hopefully not future Senator Bill Hagerty, who is, uh, is running hard to be, you know, a, a pimple on Trump's ass. Yeah, um, I um, yeah, I think it is easy to uh, just sort of put it all behind you and, uh, you know, disconnect when you leave for the, you know, typically it is. But for me, and I want to stay connected, but like I don't even really have to try because people, yourself included, which I appreciate it, by the way. Uh, to keep me up to date on all of the bullshit that goes on, you know? So like I, it just, uh, for me, it's almost inescapable, but again, I wouldn't want to anyway. I don't, you know, I want to remain uh, up to date on just how bad, you know, it gets or not. Well, I appreciate it. I promise that I will keep you in the loop. We already have some comments coming in here. I want people to know that we can see them I'm flashing them on the screen. Lisa May says, I love me some Trey. And Kim Spoon, who's one of our loyal followers, says, OMG, Trey, with three hearts. So you've got some love out there, Trey. I was hoping you could just kind of give me a little bit of backstory here. Um, I know you're from Salina. Uh, yeah. can, you, can you tell me a little bit about growing up there? And, you know, one of the reasons that most people are aware of Salina right now is because I think either the hospital closed or it's been closing. It's one of the hospital closures that have been rampant in Tennessee. So tell us a little bit about growing up there. Yeah, it, the hosp- the hospital did close. It is actually opening back up, which uh, surprised the hell out of me. Like once it cl- because like here's the thing, a lot everything has closed in Salina over the years. It started with the Oshkosh factory in the '90s, and then most of all the businesses we had there after that. And the, you know, and like uh, this is the first time in my memory that one of them has actually opened back up. Normally when things close in Salina, they stay closed forever, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been a rough, you know, couple of decades in Salina. And I grew up like in the middle of all that happening. It was a really wild time to grow up there, you know, cause like, you know, before the factory left, like pre that, and that was about when I was like nine or 10 years old, before that, you know, uh, my dad had a video store. My uncle had a deli on the square. My maternal grandmother had a like a diner on the square. My grandpa had a, a car lot and a garage, just like a family of like uh, small business owners, you know, and everything was 
they were all, you know, doing well. And then you fast forward to by the time I left Salina and, you know, and, uh, to go to college and do my own thing, every one of those businesses were closed, you know, and, and uh, everything had just irrevocably changed. And my family is, you know, that was uh, the story, you know, we were not at all a unique situation. So it was a, um, yeah, it was a rough, a, a, Salina had a very rough go of it, but there's a whole lot of Salinas in this country. And that's like, you know, I've always thought that Salina is kind of a, sort of like a case study in the uh, the whole deal with Trump and everything in 2016, because actually Salina historically, and you can look it up with like, you know, uh, campaign results from the past. Historically, Salina had actually been a blue county almost always for the most part and then went heavily for Donald Trump in 2016. And so that narrative that was very popular about Trump and, uh, you know, rural working class Americans, Salina is like a, uh, a perfect microcosm of that, in my opinion. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, I would be willing to bet that most of the family members you mentioned are not liberal rednecks. Uh, how did that work? Actually, that is not the case for me, which was very, which very much is not uh, typical either. You know, like I, uh, I, I tour with two other guys, Corey and Drew, who are also from very small rural towns in the South and are also very progressive guys. And, uh, but, and they are, yeah, there they are. They are both, you know, kind of the black sheep. I'm married to a woman from Wayne County, Tennessee. She's very liberal. She is the black sheep of her family. I know that that's typically kind of how that goes. But it wasn't for me. I think the main reason what I've always chalked it up to is the fact that um, my uncle, my dad's brother is gay and is openly gay and has been openly gay as long as I can remember. And I feel like that and my family, you know, he was not ostracized or disowned or anything like he was still very much a part of the family. And I just felt like uh, that had a major impact on my family's uh, politics, you know, because the main thing in my opinion was that that kept us out of the church, which I feel has a huge influence on a lot of that type of deal. So for me, I wasn't, uh, you know, kind of the black sheep, but I know that that is a more uh, typical story though. Well, it's, it's interesting how it affects us when it, when we feel it at, at right. in our family, you know, and, but actually it doesn't always because, something that a lot of people don't know, you may not even know this, Governor Lee, who has just signed an anti-LGBT bill recently, has a gay sister. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that he actually is um, allowing these things to happen and participating in these things, even though it is in his family. So it's great that your family kind of embraced your uncle and, and took that path, because that isn't always how that goes. No. Um, so, so then, just real quick, and then I want to get into like what's going on in the world, but just Tell me a little bit about how you got into comedy and then ended up in L.A. Uh, well, I mentioned that my dad owned a video store when I was a kid. And so, like, I never actually remember wanting to do anything else other than, like, you know, whatever movies at, when I was little. You know, I didn't know what that meant as a kid, but just like I want to do movie stuff. And then when I got a little older, when I was 12, me and my dad watched uh Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker on HBO when it, when it came out. And uh, that was the first time that I started like thinking about 
doing stand-up comedy. I still didn't actually do it until I was 24 years old and I had moved to Knoxville because up until that time, because I went to school at Tennessee Tech University in Cookville. So I grew up in Salina, then went to Cookville, not, you know, still a relatively small town. I'd never lived anywhere where there was like a comedy club or an open mic night or anything like that until I was 24 and got to Knoxville. But that whole time I was keeping notes and thinking up like what I thought might make good stand-up bits and the like. And as soon as I moved to Knoxville and they had a club up there called Side Splitters, which is no longer there, I uh, went to their open mic and tried it out and then just never looked back. And that was in 2010. Um, and then as far as how I ended up in LA in 2016, I made those, I started making the liberal redneck videos. The second one went like crazy viral and uh, opened up a lot of doors for me in the comedy world. And then essentially like I'm married, I have two young sons and it was a, a deal where like, I could have either, I could have probably stayed in Tennessee and kept doing all of this stuff with my career in comedy, but I would have had to spend a lot of time out here in LA anyway, flying back and forth, or I, we could just all move out here, you know, and I could be more around it all. And I, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to spend as little time away from them as I could. So, you know, kind of made the decision pretty easy for me. And I moved out here in 2017. Gotcha. Well, I'd moved here from there and I know that being around it is really important. So I totally understand making that decision. And by the way, your wife's from the number one Trump County in the entire state, 95%. Believe me. I know like <laughs> it. No, her honestly, being married to her and going to, I don't want to just get into a diatribe about Wayne County right now. Cause I actually love my in-laws. My in-laws are great. But having said that, you know, Clay County where I'm from and Wayne County where she's from, like are not on the surface, very different. You know, you would think they're similar, like really rural counties in the same state in the South or whatnot. But man, going there, having grown up in Salina, I was just like, Oh man, this is like, this is a whole nother level of all that shit. You know, that wow. was just I, I, ran, I was just telling you I ran for Congress in 2018. And when I, when I went to Wayne County to meet with their rotary club at dad's pizzeria, which you probably know. Yeah. Uh, I, we parked facing out because I was like, you know what? I don't know how this is about to go, but if we need to get out of here quick, it actually went okay because at the end of the day, I think we actually have more in common than we realize. And we can talk about that in a minute, but, uh, it's definitely Wayne is Wayne is a unique beast for sure. Yeah. Um, so you, you paid attention to what's been going on here, Trey. I, what I kind of wanted to ask you, I was thinking about what I wanted to ask you. I kind of wanted you to imagine yourself as the chair of the Tennessee Dems for a minute. Like what kind of pep talk would you give to Democrats in Tennessee that are trying to turn things around here because it's been a bit of a losing streak for a while? Like what, what can Democrats do that we're not doing? to change the way that we're seeing in the parts of the state that we need, we need to do better in. I mean, I think, okay, we're talking about like on a, like a, just a regular person day to day level, right? Just like yeah, your, yeah. your average Democrat for, for like data. I'm just saying like, you've got this really good way of communicating with people, a way that can make people understand and relate to even Morgan Freeman thinks you're amazing. So, you know, uh, what I'm asking is if you were to give some advice to people about how we can fix our image here in Tennessee, like what is the thing that bugs you about what you see coming out of Tennessee? 
The, okay, well, first of all, there's a ton of things that bug me about what I see coming out of Tennessee, but it's all coming from the other side. As far as like talking to our own, our own people, I'm actually like, I think we're moving in the right direction. Like, look, I, you know, I haven't grown up in Tennessee my whole life. Like it's, you know, I mean, even you, like your page, this page that we're on right now, the fact that it exists and is popular there is like, that's awesome as far as I'm concerned. Like it's getting people didn't know that we even like, existed even like among ourselves in large part for a while, you know, like I tour all over the South done countless shows in Tennessee, but also Southern States. And I can't tell you how many times I've been told some version of like that a person was a, they used the term closeted liberal or had been a closeted liberal, you know, and I get it. Like you don't want to fuck up Thanksgiving dinner. I understand that. But like, you know, because, everybody who felt that way was doing that for so long. It just seemed like we weren't there at all. But I feel like in recent years, you know, people are more and more being honest about the way they feel about things, which I think is huge because it lets the other side know that they, that we're not all, you know, like them. We don't all agree with them because in my experience for a very long time and a lot of them still do, but like, especially in the South, the, you know, the, ultra conservatives, there was just kind of this, they very much took it for granted in their mind that everyone else thought the same thing that they do. Right. And like, I don't think that that's the case anymore. And I think that's a good thing. So I feel like we're actually moving generally in the right direction. And it's certainly better than it was, you know, when I was younger in Tennessee. So I think as far as we are concerned, we just stay the course, you know, um, well, having said, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. That's a relief. That's a relief. You know, I, I, sometimes it can feel like, right. We're all alone, and I think you're right about that, but flying the flag, making people understand that they're not alone is really important. And that's why it's good to have candidates running. And, you know, even if you're not winning, you're, you're at least laying some track. So that's important. And I'm, I'm glad that, that you say that. Uh, what do you feel about the, the presidential election? I, I'm not going to ask you to endorse anybody if you don't want to, but I saw you had a great video comparing soups and uh, food products. <laughs> uh, what, do you have any feelings about the, the election, how the, the bloody primary we're seeing right now? I mean, the way that I felt about it before it even started, and the way I still feel now is that, like, it obviously it matters who we pick. Of course, it matters who the candidate is, but like, who, like, whoever the candidate ends up being, you know, I'd vote for him twice if they would uh, allow me to, you know, um, uh, but. Like, I just don't, the, my main concern with the primary has been from the beginning that it could end up, you know, fracturing Democrats again, kind of the way that I feel it did in 2016. And I'd like to think that that's less likely this time around because we, uh, kind of, you know, we got punched in the mouth the way we did last time around. I feel like, I feel like in 2016, there was this feeling from a lot of uh, people on the left that like, if because they're guy didn't get didn't win the primary that they could like stay at home on election day and like keep a clean conscience and not vote for someone they didn't want to and it would still be okay you know and like because trump had no shot of winning or whatnot but obviously that was not the case and now that that has been proven to us i'd like to think that you know uh people will show up regardless in november which has always been my main concern yeah i mean and if you want me to like I mean, I think it's probably going to be Bernie at this point. Just odds are. And I'm more than fine with that. Uh, I like Bernie a lot. I can see 
I can see why there, you know, people have their criticisms of both him and also his supporters, you know, cause I've had, I've had, I've dealt with that myself <laughs> on the internet. I mean, I voted for, I voted for Bernie in the 2016 primary and I'll just go ahead and say it because uh, California has mail-in ballots or whatever. I've already submitted mine. I voted for Bernie in this primary too, but I, um, you know, I get it because I've also, I've made jokes about Bernie or whatnot and been, lambasted by supporters in the comment section and stuff, even though I'm like, look, I'm also a supporter. I just, you know, he's not beyond reproach or whatever. And it's treated that way sometimes, which yeah, is annoying. But, um, I, you know, as long as however it turns out, we just show up, then it, you know, it'll be okay. As far as I'm concerned. Right. It seems like more than almost any election in our lifetime, this is going to be about voting for or against Trump. Yes. And we need to make sure that we turn out and get behind whoever the nominee is. That's why I, I wanted to pose this to you. Have you heard the rumblings about the idea that, you know, if Bernie's ahead, but, but not by enough at the convention, that they would basically maybe take it from him with super yeah. delegates? That seems yeah. like the most damaging thing they could do to the party. I, I completely agree with what you just said. I actually was just thinking about that this morning. It's like, if that, like, I don't know. I mean, I, w I wouldn't put anything past them, I guess, the Democratic leadership ultimately. But like if they are that stupid, like I can't like that. That would I don't know how they could fail to understand that that would be a colossally idiotic move, in my opinion, that to the extent of it, you know, makes it not feasible for them to even seriously consider it you would hope because if they do that they're gonna they're that doing that is just handing it to trump like without a doubt in my opinion so if they're stupid enough for that then i mean hell they maybe they deserve to lose but yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you you know i i'm not saying this as a bernie supporter being against bernie whatever just strategically speaking if you doubt the flame that has been lit with these young voters and people of color, and you and you take it away from them. If if he's significantly ahead, not only are these people not going to show up this election for you, but you're going to have trouble getting them to show up in the future. Also, like there is yeah. long-term damage done if they do something like that. And I, I'm not saying that because of who I support or who I don't support. I just think people need to think long and hard because electability, whatever you're guessing about electability, if you subtract all of Bernie's people that might change that electability equation a little bit. So, you know, and, and there's articles right now, Trey, about superdelegates here in Tennessee that are kind of leading that charge. And so, you know, I, I have half a mind to go find one of them and, and tell them that they're making a huge mistake. Uh, what, have you been to any of the conventions? Have you gone to any events like that? I, I'm wondering how... how uh, no, not not this not this go around. I've been to like political, you know, I've been to like Politicon and things like that in the past. I haven't been to any of the ones, you know, for this go round yet. Um, so I haven't dealt with it uh, personally. Well, I, I may be going to that this time. So if it's a bloodbath, I, I will be there for it. Uh, so Trey, tell me what other stuff do you have going on that we can plug for people? I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Tell me what I know. You got well read podcast. What else do you have going on? Uh, yeah, I was going to mention the podcast. Yeah, well read. It's uh, well R E D, and that's me, Corey, and Drew that I talked about earlier. We also are still perpetually, continuously on tour around the country doing live shows, and that's you can get see where we're going to be, and you can get tickets at wellreadcomedy.com. 
we come to Tennessee pretty much every year. We were just in Nashville in uh, in December, so like it will probably be next December before we're back in Nashville. But I would imagine later this year we'll be in Knoxville or Chattanooga or whatnot. But yeah, WellRedComedy.com has all that information on it. And then um, other than that, we've got some uh, uh, sketches on Comedy Central's uh, digital platforms. So, like if you Google Comedy Central and Well Red or Comedy Central in my name, you can see those. There's three that are out already and we're in the process of making more. And then, uh, you know, I got some other things that I'm, you know, uh, cooking up that hopefully work out, but they're kind of in their infancy right now. So I guess we'll leave it at that. And I'm on social media doing my, doing my ramblings, my tirades, but that's about it. At Trey Crowder. But when you come back this way, let us know. We'll definitely make sure that people know you're here. Uh, I'm looking at the comments. I just want to ask this one question. He's asking your take on governor Lee and his policies. Are you aware of what's going on with governor Lee and yesterday, how he just announced that he supports constitute or permitless carry uh make it all less safe here have you seen any of this guy yeah i uh i posted and tweeted about that exact thing yesterday it oh my god it makes my blood boil because like look i like he so haslam you know haslam was still a full-on you know conservative republican for sure but i actually felt like during his tenure that as far as conservative republicans go particularly the ones in the south he actually wasn't so bad and he did some stuff that I thought was great. The education stuff and the, you know, the college programs and all that I thought were genuinely awesome. And so like it, you know, it was one of those, like it could be so much worse situations as far as the leadership in Tennessee for a while. And to, so to go from that to this dude is, really hard for me to <laughs> deal with or talk about. I, I mean, I can't stand him. It's like every week it's like, a you know, something worse comes out about, you know, his policies and what he's got going on. This, the thing with the guy, I don't, I, who, why do you need, why is it such a problem to require someone to have a permit to conceal a gun? Like what I tweeted was, you know, in Nashville, you need a permit if you want to shoot a fucking student film, but not if you want to shoot a person. You know what I mean? Like we have to have like there's you need permits for all kinds of shit, innocuous shit that no one no one cares. <laughs> it doesn't bother anybody that you need to get a permit for these types of things. because It's like, yeah, that seems fair. But like a gun and that's a problem. It does. I just don't understand any of that shit. And I'm actually not that hardcore of an anti-gun person because I grew, you know, I inherited my grandfather's arsenal. I'm from the rural South. Like I'm not like, I'm not a hardcore anti-gun person for the most part. It's just, but like just reasonable shit, like a permit. I don't understand the problem with it. And then all the anti-LGBT stuff and the abortion stuff, just, I mean, you name it. I know I hate Billy. He sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, tell us how you really feel, Trey. Now, I'm with you. And, and law enforcement's not with this thing either, so it's hard to really understand why he's doing it other than just trying to endear himself to the far extreme right, which has taken over our government, you know, in more ways than one throughout this country. So, you know, I, I completely agree with you. He, he campaigned as sort of the nice guy. You know, he was like he didn't really mix it up with any of them, and he sort of came off as more moderate than he is. But right. since he's in the office – you know, anti-LGBT stuff, the abortion bill you mentioned, privatizing schools, guns. I mean, down the line, 
But here's, here's the good news about all of it. The good news about all of it is it's been a comedy of errors. Like everything I just mentioned, as he's tried to roll it out, has been a complete disaster. Like they got their pantsuit off for their voter registration criminalization bill. The abortion bill is unconstitutional. The voucher thing, there was an FBI investigation. And, you know, even Republicans are regretting their vote for it. Who knows what's really going to happen with this thing? And they had really no details about it yesterday. So he's sort of a buffoon at the at the end of it. And, you know, it's kind of nice when they actually don't know how to execute these things, even if the messaging is so bad. Well, that's like, honestly, that's in keeping with uh, the, you know, Republican it, the Republicans in general in this country, in my opinion, for them in large part, you know what I mean? Like there've been so many things that like they've all agreed on that they still couldn't get done because of their incompetence, which has been the only thing their incompetence has generally been the only thing, uh, you know, keeping us <laughs> afloat uh, or for being, or at least for being pulled completely under uh, by their archaic notions and ideas about things. So yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that at all. It's still, you know, it still is disappointing at the end of the day, but yeah, you're right. At least that's something. You mentioned one other thing that I wanted to ask you about before I let you go. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Um, because to me, this is the issue here in Tennessee. You know, I, I felt it when I ran. Abortion is such a major deal in this state and this country. And, you know, they just see Democrats as baby killers and, and that's the end of it. You know, is there I know it's a difficult topic and one we're not supposed to really even talk about, but I feel like we kind of have to. Is there a, a way that you think Democrats should be talking about that? That, you know, to me, it's really about understanding that there's two sides to that and, and being empathetic about the way that they see it as opposed to treating them like, you know, they're, they're criminals for the way that they think. I think we need to come at it from a more compassionate way without compromising what we believe. But what do you feel about the abortion issue? Because to me, that's the one. I mean, I agree with you. I think that probably it's certainly in the running for, if not the clear cut, most difficult uh, of the issues, because like, you know, in uh, Louis C.K. had a, a bit about this. And it's true. It's like you have to realize that like these people, they genuinely believe this and feel this way. And so like to them, it's killing a baby. So because when you start from that point, like you can't like, of course you can't reason with that. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I know it's a shitty answer, but I don't have a good way of like getting through their ideology where abortion is concerned because it's like some of the most fundamental, you know, precepts that they have. Um, And, and also that like, you, you know, the, you can say like make it a point, really try to impress upon them that all the shit about like, you know, late term near birth, but like we're just like fucking sticking a vacuum. But you, you know, what I mean? all the shit that they act like we do are in favor of that. That's all, you know, propaganda and bullshit. But that probably won't matter. They'll keep believing that. Um, I mean, I don't I really don't know. It's a it's a tough one. And it's also like as far as marketing and PR goes like they on their side, you know, all they got to do is put a like fat, cute, precious little baby on a billboard. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to combat that because like what is the reverse of it for us? You know what I mean? Like a yeah. teenage girl not crying herself to sleep. That's a weird looking billboard. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's really tough. 
and I don't have a good answer for it. Right. There's, there's no, there's no easy answer. You know, the, the one thing that does seem to stick with people is, you know, they're, they're trying to force women who are raped to carry a baby to term. And that's one that, you know, even extreme abortion people are like, yeah, that maybe is not such a great call. Uh, so, so that's one. And then, you know, I also try to stress that in a lot of ways, the things that progressives believe in, whether it be, you know, subsidizing daycare for low-income folks or Medicaid expansion or Medicare for all or gun safety. These are pro-life issues. These are pro-life positions. So, you know, if they're really pro-life, then these are things that they should agree with us on. And yeah. I think that and we're, and, you know, and also things like birth control because unplanned pregnancies are really the issue that we're talking about here. Yes, that has always been the thing that's pissed me off the most about a lot of the most hardcore pro-life people is that they only, they only give a shit about that baby's life while it's still in the womb. The moment it comes out and exists in the world as a, you know, poor brown child or a, or even a poor white child, just a poor child that, you know, it that is not um, in a situation to be cared for properly. The minute that happens, they completely stop giving a single fuck about its life and, uh, you know, how that turns out. And in fact, actively oppose any kind of measures to uh, to, you know, to take care of that you know, that kid when it comes out. And also this is conflating issues now, but it's still just true. Like it's the same people that have no problem with the babies in cages at the border. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, I just, it, it's very false to me calling yourself pro-life when you're all right with that shit at the same time. So, yes, it's hugely hypocritical. Uh, but as far as like, you know, how to like get through to them on that particular topic, though, I still don't know how you do it. But it is it's, it, you know, it's frustrating <laughs> to say the least. Misty Batch says uh, we're not making tampons tax free because Tennessee will run out. I don't know if you caught that one. But that was an issue in the legislature this past week. Um, uh, Senator Sarah Kyle had a bill just for a one weekend tax holiday for tampons and feminine hygiene products so low income women can afford them a little bit more for going like a, like a back to school kind of thing, especially yeah. young girls who often yeah. miss school for that reason. And this guy, Joey Hensley, who you might know because you're I think he's your wife's senator, um, said yeah. that he worried that it would that they would go and get too many tampons. And <laughs> Yeah, seriously, <laughs> and they, and they would cost the state too much money. By the way, he also sponsored uh, a tax uh, reduction on ammo and gun safes, but he didn't worry about the cost of that. The tampons he was worried oh about. God, that is like really? they're parodies of themselves. Oh, right? it's, it's, like, right. even, it's hard to even make fun of them sometimes because of you can't be more extreme than they actually are. Like. Uh, very quickly, I don't know if you saw it. This isn't directly related to Tennessee, but yesterday I can't. I still can't wrap my mind around this. But that the thing with Garth Brooks wearing the Barry Sanders jersey. Did you see that? No, I didn't see Garth, that. Garth Brooks played a huge show in Detroit, Michigan, and wore a Barry Sanders jersey. And also, Garth and Barry Sanders went to Oklahoma State at the same time and are like friends. And Barry Sanders is the greatest Detroit line in their entire franchise history. And he's in Detroit at the time. And he posted a picture of him wearing that Barry Sanders jersey. And people got furious that he was wearing a uh, a Bernie Sanders jersey. They thought that it was <laughs> I'm not 
I'm not joking. That people are like boycott, boycott Garth. I'll never. <laughs> I can't believe you would do something like this. Just stick to playing the songs. Why do you have to be political? You're a millionaire. How could you be a socialist? One person was like, you know, I thought for a minute maybe it was a Deion Sanders jersey, but that can't be right because Deion Sanders played for the Cowboys. So, tell with you, Garth. And it's like I like sincerely, I cannot wrap my brain around that level of idiocy oh, you know like and it happens all the time but so yeah. good. Oh, by the way misty says that she uh she bought a bunch of tampons and then threw them at the capitol i heard somebody did that it's nice to know that misty is the one who did that so good job misty so trey thank you for doing this man stay in touch with us thanks for having me I, i'm a fan and a supporter and all that so keep up the good work Tennessee.